0: Welcome in, welcome in. Another week, another episode of the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. I am Hunter Abercrombie along with Mr. TJ Vickers. Vic, welcome in. How we doing today, sir? Living the dream, brother, living once again the dream. This week's episode of the Sons of Swanee is brought to you by Cannon Turf Solutions. Give our boy Jason Cannon a call for all your turf needs. You got some turf needs at the house, TJ? I do,
1: yeah. I got, I got some sandy you got some grass. Sp- I got some sandy spots. I got a lot of grass, but I
0: could, I could have more grass. Well, what you could do is you could call Cannon Turf Solutions, and you yeah, can take okay. care of that
1: for you. I, I, I think I might just do that. Yes, sir. We, those cannons treat us nicely, so you know we we gotta be good to them.
0: Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Save us a lot. Save us. Tell the people where they can find us, TJ.
1: Yep, so find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, uh, Sons of Swanee Sportscast, find us anywhere you get your podcasts, uh, just download, subscribe, rate, review everything, tell everybody about who we are and what we're about, uh, if you got any topic suggestions, any interviews that you want to hear from, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter, and let us know, we can get it done.
0: That's right. And so before we get started today, I want to give a huge shout out and congratulations to the... Boys and the girls cross country teams at Swanee High School, but um, especially the boys this morning for the first time in school history captured the district title over in Lake City and. Um, TJ, I think you got the stats pulled up, don't you, on who's who?
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we talked to Coach Bullock a little bit earlier and got, and got some information as far as who finished where. So, like Hunter said, the guys finished first. We had Jesse Cushman finish fourth overall. Hunter Land finished fifth overall. Jack Fry had a top five finish. And overall, a score of 37. And just to put it in perspective for you, Florida High was second with a score of 55. So, put a little bit of social distancing right. between ourselves and the rest of the competition. And like we had
0: talked about with Coach Bullock and Coach Yarrick, it's kind of like golf. You want the lower score. The right. lower the number the better yeah and so um man the boys come home with a big district title which is awesome the girls finished third overall in the district and i believe we had some top 10 finishers there as well correct yep.
1: had, had three top 10 finishes there as well Nellie lamb got eighth maddie mcmillan ninth and Mar- marie ramirez finished 10th uh coach Bullock told us regionals will be in jacksonville on november 6th uh so looking forward to that
0: and just uh keep the good results coming absolutely so congrats again to the boys and girls cross country teams a uh, big day and like we had talked about with Coach Bullock and Coach Eric, man, they've been building, building, building. Um, they took over for Erod Eric Rodriguez, who kind of got this thing rolling in the right direction. And so now you're starting to see the fruits of that labor. And so that's always great. When you put in the time, you put in the work, you like to see the results. And so happy for those guys and what they were able to accomplish, and they'll be moving on. So that's great for Swanee High School. But, um, TJ, you know what else, man? This is our last show before the big election. Oh, that's Are right. You? Yeah, That's man. right. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am ready for the election to just to be go. Up.
1: Yeah, either I, way. I, I know you're not much of a Facebook guy, um, but I feel like just every time you log on to Facebook, it has been so annoying about are you registered to vote. I wish there was just a button you can click that's I have been registered to vote and I've used. I have exercised my right to vote since I was 18 years old. Please leave yes. me alone. But they don't have that option, unfortunately. So every time you log on, yeah, I mean you're just berated. The by register to everything. vote
0: crowd is now about as bad as the extended car warranty phone calls. It's to that point for me.
1: Yes, yes. The the weird numbers that text you saying, you know, this is so and so from this organization. Can we count on you to vote? Like, yes, yes, boss. You can check, count on me. Check my t- track record. I, I, I've been I've been doing this.
0: Well, for whatever way it goes next week, I'm just ready for it to be over with. And we would encourage everyone to get out there and vote because that's the way for your voice to be heard. Yep. And so if you don't like something, go vote. You know, but, put put it out there and um, give yourself a chance. And so, either we'll continue with four more years of President Trump, or we'll be welcoming in President Biden. And I hope either way, because I know politically, that's why we don't talk about politics much on here. I hope you'll support the president, whoever he is, because if the president's successful, that means we're successful. And right. so, either way it goes, man, we're going to support the president and hope for the best. And so, just ready for November third to come and go, come and we go, we can get that's back right. to normal. <laughs> but on way more fun news, um, last week. Homecoming in Live Oak, which was great. Uh man, I think this was one of our better homecomings. And you know, I was involved with a lot of them. And maybe it was better because I don't have near as much responsibility as I used to on homecoming. You could you can enjoy it a so little it's bit more. A little more enjoyable yeah. for me. <laughs> but um the dogs throw their third straight shutout on defense last week, defeat Pontevedra fourteen to nothing, and the first time since nineteen sixty seven. Yes, that Swanee has thrown three straight shutouts. Man, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I, I told Coach Bish after the game, "Hey, we can't lose if they don't score." Uh, <laughs> but just so impressive. Uh, I was, you and I, we've talked about it before in the podcast. We we text back and forth a little bit during the game uh, whenever we can, and I text you ten quarters of straight shutout ball. Oh yeah, and ball. you are like, "Up, oh, way to go!" You yeah, jinxed it. I thought yep. that was the jinx. Yeah, of... uh, but I, I told you I had my fingers crossed whenever I text you, so you know, just text them with one hand, fingers crossed on the other hand. So I, I think we're good. But let's not push it too much. I mean, you don't you don't talk about no nos. Right. When, when you're going on in baseball, so there's just certain things that you you don't want to address, but you hope they keep going. And I uh, I almost ruined it, I guess. But you know, fourteen uh, zero, big win for the dogs on homecoming. And we talked a little about it a little bit on the last podcast, Hunter. You brought it up. Uh, your sources at Swanny News and Gossip were correct. Uh, Pontevedra had no interest in actually coming to uh, the doghouse last Friday night, they tried to reschedule, they tried to just straight up cancel, and uh, Coach Call used quite used that quite as a, a, a big motivating uh, factor sure. before the game began. Yes, uh, so that that was a, a very big point of emphasis for him in his pregame speech. It certainly got the boys fired up, they were ready to go. Uh, but big win. Uh, just keep shutting teams out. And we're, we're moving on to Becker County after
0: that. Yeah, I loved it because Ponavedra. normally when a visiting team comes in, um, they don't usually come past the home side, you know, where the guys get dropped off for the Bulldog Walk right. or whatever. But this week, they did. And of course, you know, it being homecoming, there was a class reunion going on with the Class 2000, which was awesome. It was good to see a lot of those folks. Some old people I went to high school with, I <laughs> aged myself a little bit. But. Ponte Vedra's charter bus came by there and happened to go down the same road. And so it was a massive tailgate out there. That So you know they had to pull in and go, and, good Lord. Because I don't think that happens probably at yeah, Ponte I mean, home we're, games. We're what,
1: like two, two and a half hours, maybe three hours away from kickoff? Right. right. We're, we're already rolling in the deep
0: out there? Yeah. That's right. So that was awesome that, that they had to ride by and see that. But um, it was. The game started off really slow. I mean, what you kind of expect, and we talked about last week, That's why you try on homecoming to schedule that team that you feel like you have a good chance to beat even if you don't play your best. Well, that's not necessarily the case for Pontevedra other than the fact that their quarterback, who who I didn't realize what a highly regarded recruit he is. Yeah, dual threat Um, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a three-star guy with some major offers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Goes out with a lower leg injury two weeks ago, so he wasn't in there. And obviously that played a part because I, I have to think if he had played, there were some opportunities. And Ponte was very sound. um, Like we had talked about, it was a defensive battle from start to finish. They just didn't have that guy on offense who was going to break anything. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. If they were going to score, it was going to have to be driven, you know, the length of the field or whatever. And they got in inside the red zone a couple of times, but our defense stiffened and was able to keep them out of the end zone.
1: Yeah, uh, pretty early in the game, actually, in the first quarter, uh, Ponte they got a couple first downs, and it was actually a uh, first and goal at the four-yard line, but just two huge back-to-back sacks, and you could kind of tell there was a backup quarterback, especially on those plays, uh, the way he kind of just kept drifting backwards and tried to get out of it. Uh, we, we've talked about how nasty this defense and the energy that they play with. Uh, defensive line certainly brought it this past week. I mean, everyone brought it. The DBs came up uh, big with three interceptions total in the game, uh, but the defensive line really set the tone for that game. I mean, we're, we're talking about the defensive line and defensive backs, list. let's not forget Blaine Howard and Andrew Brown just right. always balling out regardless of who the opponent is. And yes, Hunter, it, it, it was their backup quarterback. However, we have seen a backup quarterback come into the doghouse early this year and drop nearly 60 points on us right. when the Buholtz Bobcats came to town. So yes, that certainly uh, factored into everything, but um you know you, you got to go out there and execute regardless and the dogs just weren't having any of it so they go from first and go up the 4 yard line to two huge back-to-back sacks where they end up having to punt the ball from the 39 yard line
0: and thank god because their kicker could boot it yeah i mean yeah. this dude could boot it so yeah. i mean we had to, we had to really back him up to get I mean him out i of really think like maybe
1: like you know five or six yards in, and they might have tried a field goal. Oh, but, I don't know. I mean, from, from the 39-yard line, you're basically at the 40 at that point in time. You're looking at, what, a 56, 57-yard field goal potentially. Yeah. That's a little – you know, that's asking a lot for a college kicker, even some of these NFL kickers. So, certainly in high school, I understand punting the ball. But uh, just a, a huge defensive game for uh, really both teams, honestly. Ponte played great on defense as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the stats, and the total plays were even. Um We ran 58 plays, they ran 60, but they, on 60 plays, gained 134 total yards. I mean, that is just domination Mm -hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. And I never felt like, while I was up there, there were a couple plays where the quarterback missed open receivers that could have resulted in some bigger plays, but I never felt like they were just, all of a sudden, it was just like we were hanging on. We weren't hanging on. We were really setting the tone and controlling that side of the ball, and so, I mean, you're talking about a 60 plays, 134 yards. I mean, you're barely averaging over two yards a play. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Not going to get many first downs yeah, with that. I mean, just a absolute great job by the defense. Now, the offense started out slow, like we said, but, man, I just was so impressed, and I always have been. And I guess we can announce it because he put it on Twitter, but Jacquez received an offer from Duke University yeah. last week, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking about just – I, obviously, I mean, it speaks for itself. Highly, highly academic ACC yeah, school. Power 5 school. And yeah. so congrats to Jaquez with that. But, man, he plays so hard. And our, our whole team does. Mm-hmm. But you just see how how much it matters to Jaquez how hard he plays. And there were some plays that he made that were really impressive to me. There was one on a, on a zone read where Malachi, the running back, you know, Jaquez stuck it in his belly. Malachi gets hit, so Jaquez pulled it. Well, he gets hit immediately as well, but just makes a football play and throws it a lateral to Malachi, mm-hmm. who had kind of bounced off the hit, mm-hmm. and it you know it wasn't anything drawn up. It was just a player making a play, no. yeah. and Malachi was able to would have scored a touchdown, but we got a holding call that yeah. brought it back a little bit. But we still got a good game because it was a spot foul. Yeah, but that play I think was, that was just, a third down too. As well. I think so, yeah. and it was on on in their in their side of the field or yeah. on, in their zone. So it was it was just an impressive play. And then the play, the really impressive play, was the play where he scrambled, scrambled, scrambled threw back across the field yep. to Terrell Atkinson. And I don't know if the coaches were lying to me when I texted them later. I said, was that designed? Because I just didn't see how the offensive line held their blocks that long without getting down the field. Mm-hmm. Because Jacquez takes the snap, rolls one way, rolls back the other, rolls again, and then throws back across the field to Terrell. And yeah. it was like a 37-yard game.
1: Uh, yeah, it was It was a third and 23. It ended up being a 48-yard pass to Terrell Atkinson. 48-yard like, yeah, pass, Yeah, so like, you like, like you said. Um, I somewhat I, – I, I'm gonna go with the coaching staff. I think it was somewhat designed because I definitely had that thought process at first because uh, I, you know, it, it seemed like ten seconds had gone by before he finally actually throws the ball to Terrell um, and any point in time when you have a, a play that lasts that long, you expect your offensive lineman probably to sneak a little bit past the line of scrimmage. Right. But they didn't because, I mean, that's the easy penalty and, you know, all that for naught if they're, you know, men down of the field. So, yeah, it seemed like they were kind of holding their blocks pretty well. And, I mean, these offensive linemen, they, they, they create force up front. They can push somebody back. So – It might have been a little bit longer than what uh, was initially drawn up for, but I I do seem to think just by the way the offensive line blocked that play and didn't go downfield that I I think maybe that was supposed to be how it worked.
0: And that's why I thought it maybe was designed was because of that, because Mm -hmm. you didn't have the lineman downfield. But it's like if you're going to design that, I don't know how you do that. Okay, Jacquez, roll, 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 throw. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. But, hey, more power to him. But the the most – Impressive play to me, and it's, God, I love this play. I think we've run it two or three times this year. It was the touchdown pass to Wesley, where he goes out, acts like he's going to block, as Jacquez rolls and then breaks off his block yeah. by himself in the end zone, 19 yards, yep. touchdown. Dogs are up seven, nothing.
1: And I think that play is so efficient because of the way we run our offense. So more times than not, if if you've had a chance to go out to the doghouse or if you you know traveled to a road game this year, you see a lot of. Running plays, uh, you know, zone reads with the quarterback and the running back, but a lot of right-of-the-line scrimmage, quick pass plays, just an extension of the run game really more than anything where the outside guy is blocking, and whether it be Fryer, uh, Atkinson, whoever it may be in the slot, they're the guys that get the ball and just trying to look and turn it upfield and just hope that your guys on the outside, your wide receiver on the outside, is blocking and can hold his block long enough for you to get past the line of scrimmage. So I think you run that play so efficiently throughout this year and even throughout the game as well. So they know what they know they've seen it on film. Uh, they've received it in the game. So you, you fake that look and then your outside guy just goes down to side of in scrim- the line of scrimmage, you know, on a nine route, basically on a go route. That's an easy touchdown more times right. than not, like you said, Hunter. Um, so yeah, it's just well, well schemed, well designed. Uh, you gotta have a feel for the game when you're when you're coaching staff, and I think they've done a good job of establishing their run, showing some of those quick uh, passing plays, and then setting all that up. For that look, to because I mean you're you're looking to score on a play like that.
0: Absolutely. You know you're
1: looking to move the ball down the field when you run it, when you keep it as a you know whether you give it to Malachi or whether Jacquez keeps it. You know Fryer has taken some of those on some big gains. Atkinson actually this past week I felt had a pretty good week as far as taking some of those for uh, some good gains. But when you, when you throw that ball outside to West Jones or whoever it may be in that situation, you're looking to score because right. you set it up so much that you, you got to get six off of that look.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like that bubble and go, the yeah. bubble and go. Yeah. You know you you set it up, set it up, set it up, and then you finally hit with it. And so, offensively, before we move on to the defense, JaQues Moore, 11 of 22 passing, 134 yards, one touchdown, one interception. An interception wasn't his fault. It hit off a receiver's shoulder yep. pass. And it was another – it was a good read. It was a quick throw. And, I mean, he did – he threw a fastball. And I think that's why it got in yep. on the receiver hit on his shoulder pass because JaQues threw it so hard. But it was just a quick throw, kind of off balance. But hit him right in the chest. But it just bounced off him and into the into the arms of a defender. But – um. Uh, again, 11 22, 134 for Jaquez. On the ground, Jaquez, 56 yards rushing. Malachi Graham, a good game for him. Nine rushes, 52 yards, and a touchdown in the second half. And then Terrell Atkinson had two rushes for five. On the receiving end, Wesley Jones, another great game for Wesley, and he continues to have a great year. Five receptions, 73 yards in that t- first half touchdown. Uh, Terrell Atkinson with three receptions. Camden Fryer with two receptions. And Jay Smith with a reception. And so, again, offensively it wasn't a beautiful showing or anything like that, but got the job done. And I think we kind of maybe towards the second half kind of understood, okay, defensively I think we're going to probably be in good shape. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just, you know, let's be efficient on offense. Yep. Let's try to run the clock. Let's try to do what we do. And, um, and it got the job done.
1: Yeah, I, I think this game more than any other game this year, Jacquez was basically held in check. You know, he made some plays, uh, some huge plays like we have talked about, uh, but his stat line, you know, it... It, it's 20, 21 attempts to get that 56 yards on right. the ground I mean we saw him you know almost go for 400 versus uh, Buchholz on far less attempts than that uh, so I, I thought Pontevedra did a good job of containing him for the most part but uh, we just executed really well we talked about both of the scores but two of the plays that I want to talk about before that I know we, get, we did briefly address one of them in the second half it was the third and 23 to 48 yard pass play for the first down that was our touchdown that uh, Malachi ran in to make it 14-0 yep. in the second half so all that does not happen if not for that third and 23 play executed very well by the dogs and a a great job by the coaching staff that we just talked about to design to play that way and the touchdown in the first half actually it was a fourth and one that we converted that's right so it's it's um you know these drives that end in seven points it's like okay well how do we get to where you know the points came on and to convert a fourth and one to convert a third and 23 with a, a 48 yard pass play that's just good execution, and we don't get those points on the board without doing what we do uh, offensively. So um, stat-wise, yes, they kind of held everybody in check, I would say. But we, we just executed it in the right moments, and we converted them and made the most of them. Uh, last week, we both agreed that Malachi had his best game. I think we need to refresh that and just say it again. I thought Malachi mm-hmm. had a better game than what he had last week. Yeah. So, again, Malachi has had his best game uh, for back-to-back weeks. So uh, it's great to see uh, Malachi, Wes Jones, and some of these other guys just really help pick up what we know we're gonna get from Chaquez every single week. So to have more playmakers, to have more film of guys making plays around him, that can only help going down the road.
0: Yeah, and I thought you know Coach Hall had said last week when talking to him that Pineda, they were gonna be, they were smart, they were gonna be where they're supposed to be, they were gonna play their assignment, they weren't gonna hurt themselves. And that's kind of been back-to-back weeks that we've seen that you know with Wakulla and then Mm Ponavida, and that's that held true. I mean, they were really good. They were a really, really good football team. And you put that dynamic quarterback with that football team, they're going to be really hard to beat. Yeah, Um, you know. So you saw the guy
1: playing wins coming into this. uh, You know. Oh yeah, they came in at five and one. Yeah, I mean that's
0: not by accident. No, not at all. And so they were. They were really sound defensively. They did a good job of containing Jaquez, like you said. I mean, I think his long run was 15 yards. And if you went back the last three years. I guarantee you, in most every game we've played, Jacquez has at least one run longer than that. Exactly. And so um, a good job by them. But the story of the game was the Swanee defense. And, you know, I don't know who ended up being picked by the guys in the booth for player of the game because it had to be a tough tough one. But, you know, you look at the stat line. Austin Smith, uh, nine total tackles, three sacks. Um, You know, Andrew Brown, six total tackles, two tackles for loss. Keyshawn Jones, who I thought just had an unbelievable game. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. – Keyshawn popped yeah. multiple times. Uh, yeah. You you saw it. You know, he had a huge sack. He had multiple tackles for loss. He had a great game. Tony McKinney, five tackles. And so you're talking about those three defensive linemen, those three defensive ends even. Austin Smith, Keyshawn Jones, and Tony, Tony McKinney. McKinney. Yeah. You're talking about a group that combined for somewhere around 16 or 17 tackles – um, five sacks yeah. I mean, that is a heck of a night for the D-line
1: Yeah, and I mean, for those of you who don't know You only have two, two, two defensive ends on every single play So right. we're talking about three of them So that's something that keeps the dogs fresh uh, Keeps them ready to go and just really allows them to pin their ears back because they did so well on first and second down that it put them in predictable spots where they had to throw it on third downs. And that's just where, you know, we're, we're going to come after you on that. You know, we got a defensive line that's going to do their part. Uh, Blaine Howard and Andrew Brown as our, as our two linebackers more times than not, they are so solid, so so disciplined, sound, ready to go. And uh, Jay Smith coming up with two interceptions yeah. as well. well and that's what and I'm the saying. whole defensive backs group, They, I mean, they didn't let much happen. I mean, so who
0: do, you, who do you choose? I mean, who's player of the game? Is it Alston Smith with three? three? Three sacks. Is it Keyshawn Jones with three tackles for loss in a sack? Jay Smith has two big interceptions. Mm -hmm. Um, Keywon Ladler has ten total tackles when you combine. And when I say total tackles, I'm combining solo tackles and assists. Yes. Because I think that's how the stat reads now is they just say total tackles. Yes, right at the end of it all, yeah. And so he has ten total tackles with an interception. I mean, just an all-around great game. And then you look, Garris Reed with five assists. Um, Brian Robinson with three tackles. And so it's like, man, that D-line just dominated. Yeah, they ate all night long. They yeah. just dominated. And, I mean, you know, the running – Ponte Vedra had, a, you know, a few runs here and there, but, I mean, nothing over seven or eight yards, and then, boom, somebody was hitting yeah, them. right there. And so you have to think going forward, man, this defense has to be playing with such a high level of confidence right now. I mean, just knowing when I go out there, hey – our goal every game is to throw a shutout. And so now we've thrown three straight, which is really hard to do. Yeah, that's in any level because, I mean, you're when just – When you look at
1: the talent we've faced, too, well, that, right. that's even – I mean, you know, this – I mean, no no offense, but, I mean, okay, Palatka, we know what we should do, but you got to go out there and execute regardless. But, like, if we threw, like, a Hamilton or someone like that else into this three-game stretch, it would take a little bit away from it. But you look at the teams we're doing this against,
0: it's incredible. I mean, Wakulla scored 30 on Columbia this week. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, not to, you know, belabor the point that Columbia's is 0-5 – Wait, and five. Wait, what did you say? Columbia. They're zero and five. That school over have there, a one. The, yes. the purple and gold tigers. That the purple team from over there across the way. They're zero and five. Columbia, yeah. So say, say it one more time for the people. Zero and five. Wow, um, that's good to hear. Yeah, no, that's I mean, good to hear. But at the same time, we we took them off the schedule, so it's yeah, hard to it's talk too right. much. It's all right. <laughs> this will be the year. let's get bring them back, back in there. Bring them, bring back. them on the schedule. <laughs> we
1: want them. We got bi- to We got
0: a bye bi- week this Friday. We want Columbia.
1: of Swanee wants you right now. Come
0: on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but truly, Wakulla, they scored 30 and, and beat them 30-29 to 29 last week. And so, I mean, you're talking about good teams. We're not talking about, like you said, just some team off the street that just threw a group yeah. together. And so it's really hard to do because you think about it, You get late in the game. I mean, you're going to sub. You're going to do those things. But, man, just, again, I mean, we can't. I know we've talked about it a ton. It's just a really impressive group. They play with an edge. They play with confidence. And going forward, man, that's what you want to see. And I'll say this, you know, I know we're probably going to talk a little bit more about Ponte but this game coming up, you got a bye week, and then you play Baker County. And in my opinion, that's probably going to be the best team you've seen so far this year.
1: No doubt, yeah. I think that's going to be the most complete team.
0: Their one loss is to Bowles, which no no shame in that, and they get after it defensively.
1: Yeah, and I think the one thing that we do need to clean up a little bit, um, offense we've looked great, defense, you know, we've, we've talked so much about that. I do think there are some things we need to clean up on the special teams wise. Uh, there's been a couple times this year where we've mishandled a, a snap on a punt or we just airmailed the snap where the punter didn't have a chance to get to the ball and we actually had one of those situations happen. We did, I uh, forgot that. For, uh, early in the game uh, this past Friday night, so I do want that to be cleaned up a little bit. We did actually give up a, a fake punt as well uh, it was I think it was like a fourth and two or something like that, or close to midfield. Yep. And so Panavitra, uh, ran a fake punt, which our very own Jeff Lee on the sidelines actually called that it was going to be a fake punt, and sure enough, it ended up being a fake punt. So we're going to let him join us a little bit later on to uh, just That's see, right. yeah, just yeah, just, to, to just tell tell us what uh, he saw on that play and how he's just so uh, just a, a football beautiful mind to oh, see yeah. that happening. So he'll join us a little bit later on to just he's talk like about a, what he saw on a, that play. He's
0: a savant. Yeah, big it's time. A
1: bond. Yeah, um, But I, I do think that's one thing that we can look to clean up a little bit. I mean, Braxton Green is no, great. we have know? to
0: clean it up. You're right. No, we we really, really have to because that's the stuff. Against Hamilton, we rolled two snaps back. Mm-hmm. Um, against Madison, we all remember oh, what yeah. happened on yeah. the, the bad yeah. snap, whatever, return yeah. for a touchdown. And so we do because when you get in big games, that's the kind of stuff that is going to come back and bite you. So 100%, we have to do a better job of that. Um, the fake punt, yeah. I mean, you could see that one come. I mean, you know, I know it's easy to say now, but I was like, I think they're going to fake right here. Because I, I mean, they fake. had a situation, yeah, and, and the down and distance kind right. of
1: indicated it was around midfield. They were only down seven zero, but they needed some kind of spark, some right. kind of juice to get that sideline going. And so, I mean, more times than not, you you look to uh, have a. a a fake punt or a, a, a trick play or something like that and sure enough they ran a trick play right after that it was a reverse that turned into a pass and that was one of the Jay Smith's interceptions that he got so the fake punt uh, they converted it however they just give the ball right back to us yeah. on an interception so no harm no foul at the end of the day but you, you got to clean some of that stuff up.
0: You do and I mean like we've we've been very positive and, and it was a ton of positives to take. I didn't like the fourth and two call with six minutes left either I thought we should have punted there mm-hmm. um, because you were, you were yeah. dominating we so much on defense that, yeah. and I mean like I said I love this coach and stuff. Staff. they do a great job but I didn't like that call I wanted and I, I told Coach Hall I said if if that comes back to bite us later on the sons of Swanee will not be kind about it right. <laughs> we're coming after
1: you but hey that's why
0: he gets paid the big bucks that's you know right, what I'm saying yeah. to make those calls and so <laughs> we do we defeat Ponte Vedra 14 to nothing and, and looking ahead week off this week for the dogs a week to heal up a week to you know like Aaron like you're going to hear a little bit later our interview this week was with AMAC Aaron McAllister former Swanee great and AMAC talks a little bit about how Some games have been canceled for the UNC Charlotte 49ers, who he plays for. But while that's frustrating, it gives you a chance to heal up and get in the Mm -hmm. training room and things like that. And so that's this week for the Dogs, And you have two weeks to prepare for Baker County. And, um, man, it's going to be a physical game. And I think it's a game that we'll talk much more about next week. Going to try to have uh, Jackie Baker on the show with us next week, who um, is the radio... Uh, color guy for Baker County football and so he'll It's so appropriate
1: his last name is Baker too. How I mean, that? it may be named after him. We'll have to ask him. Yeah, the whole county's named after that That's guy. That's right. Man, but um,
0: but it's, it's a really good team and some familiar faces over there. Their defensive coordinator is Brock Cannaday, who is our former defensive coordinator and so we know the brand of football they're going to play. It's going to be Smash Mouth. It's going to be Get After You and I look for it to be a hopefully low scoring game. I think if it's a low scoring game, we have a great chance. I think if it's a higher scoring game, I don't think that bodes as well for us. and We got some revenge for Baker County, or we should have that in our mind, because Baker County kind of ran all over us last yeah, year. Uh, they, they weren't necessarily more talented than us, but they just executed better last year and were able mm-hmm. to come into Langford Stadium and get a victory, and so hopefully this year you, it's time for a little payback and you go into the playoffs 7-2. and two. But no matter what, man, it's been a great regular season. It sure has. We've had a great regular season. Um, We know the playoffs are coming with Parker looming in round one, and so, um, you know, we'll just get ready for Baker County and and see what happens. Yeah, like you said,
1: it's uh, it's always a big game whenever Baker County runs into the dogs. um, Well, it's just
0: so – we're so similar. Exactly. Inside, the schools are almost identical population-wise. The communities are very similar. Um, You know, in everything we play, it's always close. They got us several years in softball where if they wouldn't have been oh, there, boy. we'd have had a chance to win. Oh, boy. They won yeah. a state title. And, I mean, if yeah. they weren't in the way, we'd have had a great chance to win. Yeah, um, baseball, we've, you know, gotten the better of it over the last couple of years except for probably our best team in a decade um, in in 2016 or yeah, 2017. Went over there and lost in the district semifinals to Baker on a team that they had just drummed twice in a regular season. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a nice little rivalry we have with them. And certainly um, – Man, Memorial Stadium. I know we talk about fans a lot, but I'm telling you, if you go over to Baker County, you're gonna see what it should be like because those yep. fans in Memorial Stadium it's get quite with a setup. it. Yeah. It is. They get with it. And so um as we move on from from that, we're moving into um I guess our college stuff, TJ. And so UF, y'all back in action this week? Yeah,
1: yeah. We uh, started practicing again this past Monday. Um, I think it was on Tuesday they released that there was six cases. Um, so I think it's, we're somewhere like in the high 30s, I think for the entire month of October. Um, of course, Mullen is very uh, tight-lipped with any injuries as it is anyway, so he certainly is not going to give you much of anything in the way of COVID-related information. So he did not reveal how many players were out there practicing on Monday. Uh, But uh, Trash talked about being out there, so I mean, of course, you know, you at least know that Kyle's out there doing his thing. Uh, If you follow some of these guys on Instagram, you saw Emory Jones and some of uh, Kyle Pitts and a few of the other guys, you saw they are out there working out in one way or another, so that does lead you to believe that some of the higher-up guys, they are healthy. Uh, A little bit of good news for Gator fans that hasn't yet been officially confirmed, but Kyrie Campbell, one of our defensive tackles that has not yet suited up for us this year, has tweeted this week, it's good to be back. So we don't know if that was suspension related. Uh, There are some rumors about some academic problems. If it was COVID related, we have no idea. But in one way or another, Kyrie Campbell looks like he's gonna be back, which You know, yes, one player being back can't help an entire defensive unit the way that we've been performing, but what that does allow you to do is have guys play in their more natural positions. So Kyrie Campbell can take the double teams up the middle. That allows Zach Carter to slide to weak side defensive end where he has made his calling these last couple years. And then with all that being said, Brenton Cox can move over to the buck, to the rush spot, and really just get back to guys where a fully healthy squad, a well-recruited squad, this is how they would align themselves so Maybe the defensive line can generate some more pressure, uh, do a little bit better against the run with Kyrie Campbell being there to absorb some of those blocks. But, yeah, Hunter, we got Missouri coming up this week. It's homecoming week for us. we got a night game instead of these 9 a.m. starts it seems like we've only had so far this year. Uh, We're wearing our retro jerseys again this year. I know you're not a Gator fan, so I'm not sure if you followed along with any of that. No, I don't care. Uh, Yeah, but you should because it's it's, it's a pretty look. But um, (laughs) the jerseys we wore against Auburn last year for our homecoming game, we're wearing them again this year for Missouri. Did you win that
0: game? Yeah. Okay, then you can wear them
1: again. Yeah. Uh, But this year we're uh, breaking out some blue helmets. We haven't worn these since I think like 65 or something like that. I might have my year wrong. But, uh, yeah, just a real old school look. Uh, Looks really clean, though. Some of the players had their uh, their helmets on this past week and showing them off on Instagram and everything like that, so it was cool to see them not only be excited to be back out there to play again, but I mean, just such a, a positive energy came from those jerseys last year, and now just to bring those back and have that same energy, but then just to up it a little bit more with the blue helmets, that's really cool, too, so 7.30 start uh, for us in the swamp going against Missouri. So. This, is a, this has got to be a get-right game.
0: And Missouri was off last week, too, because yes. of COVID, yeah. correct? Yeah. yeah, they had Bandit a COVID-related
1: bye week. Uh, the last time that we saw them play, they hung 45 on LSU. LSU, that's right. Yeah, so they, they should be feeling good about themselves. Uh, I guess everybody in the SEC is just not playing defense this year. Uh, yeah, we, so. we thought Georgia was pretty good at defense until Bama smacked them around mm-hmm. a little bit and dropped over 40 on them. So, uh, we just got to see what kind of defensive intensity we bring. Uh, Grantham and Mullen and a couple of the other guys, they've, they've really said that they've gotten back to the basics and just try to figure out how to get the best 11 on the field. And I, I talked about it a little bit earlier. I think Kyrie Campbell is one of our best 11 position wise. So, to get him back where he needs to be, hopefully, that, that does allow you to get your best 11 out there starting with that front four.
0: Yeah. And did you see when you said that about Georgia and losing Alabama? Did you see you know Jalen Waddle, great wide receiver? For yes, Alabama. that was unfortunate. He broke his leg. Yeah. And did you see what Nick Saban said? Yeah, yeah. You don't take the ball out that. Deep I mean, in the like, end dude, zone. the ah, dude broke his leg. Yeah. He's been so good, and so they're interviewing Nick Saban and halftime. Yeah, and he's talking about how bad he feels for him. And He's like, but I mean, you know, most guys don't bring the ball out of the back of the end zone like that either. So yeah, <laughs> it's but, like but, basically yeah, like yeah, coach. Well, you're most bad, guys, man.
1: most guys aren't Jalen Waddle, coach. Yet, yeah. So um I. Yeah. <laughs> so that little just done yeah. without that. Yeah, that was a but little. But it's Nick Saban, so what do you expect? Yeah, not not the most sensitive guy in
0: the world. So but definitely not you know the most what?
1: sensitive moment I in mean, that. What, are yeah. you going
0: to question Nick Saban? I'm not. No, dude, dude gets no. it done. So no, I mean, but hey no. man, you want to. You want to, you know, throw a little shade at your returner after he breaks his leg? I guess do you, man. That's just whatever uh, yeah, it is.
1: But we, we wish him nothing but the best and hope he recovers well because hey, he, he's an impressive specimen. Uh, yeah. They got plenty of wide receivers over there in Tuscaloosa, so they're not going to be hurting for big shots anytime soon no. from their wide receivers, but he's clearly one of the best guys out
0: there. So the Knowles, they follow up their big victory over um, North Carolina, and they proceed to go up to uh, – one and four Louisville and just take a butt kicking. I mean, just a kicking. How about that?
1: Yeah, I think, what, the first five possessions Louisville had, it should have been five touchdowns, but it just resulted in five scores.
0: Do you know who we are are now? So, you know, every year, like, say Clemson right now or Bama, there's that one game they have to survive. And, like, every year Syracuse is going to play some team they shouldn't play close. Mm -hmm. Or – I don't know, Rutgers. Rutgers is going to yeah. go play Penn State. It used State. to be North Carolina, but now they're kind of, yeah. you know, they, they've That's got us. a little bit better. Yeah. That's us. So it's like we come out and we play really well against North Carolina and it's all these good vibes and Mike Norvell's breaking the rock in the locker room and then you come out against Louisville and just lay a friggin' egg. I yeah. mean, just like, how does – and that is such a sign to me of an immature team and just a, you know, I don't even know what you call it. It's so frustrating as a Florida State fan because – you feel good about North Carolina, it's like, okay, maybe we're turning a little corner here. Mm-hmm. And then you don't, you know, then you just take two steps back. And it's like the most concerning thing to me is the defense. And I know when I say this statement that I'm about to say, it's gonna sound kind of stupid, but like when I coach five and six year old flag football. And so when we start the year, it is just a hot mess. We don't know where to go, we don't know what to do. It just is – and I'm talking about on defense. You know what I'm saying? We just chase the guy with the ball. We don't stay home and so on and so forth. But throughout the year, as the games go on, guess what we do? We get better and better and better. And so we scrimmaged a team who was the other best team in the league. We ended up, you know, right there near the top. But a really good team, and we scrimmaged them. And the first four plays in our scrimmage, they scored touchdowns. We didn't pull a flag. Well, the other night, our last game of the year, we scored – They scored four touchdowns total throughout a whole game. And that's because they have a couple really, really good players. But my point is we did our job. You know, we we held them a couple times. Gap assignment. We got got better and better throughout the year. Florida State is not getting better on defense. It is is either worse – or the same. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. don't see any You don't progress. see
1: steps going forward. And I think one of the very early touchdowns that Louisville had, it, it just completely proved your point. I think it was a run that was supposed to go to the right, which was the strong side of the field at that point in time. But uh, the defensive line kind of bottled it up. He kind of ran into his own offensive lineman and just wheels around to the left-hand side. 70 yards later, but he's in like, the end zone. And you know, there was no, no backside contain. There's contained.
0: nobody – I mean, it's like what are – it's either what are you calling or what – and I love – the guy I love listening to talk about Florida State football is Corey Clark, who works for WarChant.com, because he's very snarky and sarcastic, kind of like a guy I know like myself. Yeah, yeah, and you can relate to that. Yeah, and I mean, that's what he's saying. He's like, I want Adam Fuller, who is the defensive coordinator, to sit down and tell me, like, is this what's supposed to happen? Is Raymond Woody supposed to be 30 yards off the ball on second and 24? And, they, and Raymond Woody, this guy, TJ – is thirty-eight to sixteen, I think, at the time, and Louisville, their quarterback Malik Cunningham throws a throws a punt basically. I mean, he just throws a ball dead to the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Raymond Woody is camped, just camped, and the receiver comes over and almost takes it away from Raymond Woody. It should have been like an easy interception. The receiver comes away, plays defense, almost catches it, and Raymond Woody gives him the finger wag. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a ball you should have picked. It wasn't a good play. But you, Raymond Woody, are gonna try to convince everybody in the stands that you did something yeah, you good.
1: Had, yeah, I know, you
0: didn't, bud. I, I know they tell you. But that that that's where we are. We're gonna <laughs> wag the finger down thirty-eight to sixteen, like not up in here.
1: Yeah, not up in here. I mean, you're supposed to have a short-term memory when you're a defensive back, uh, and I, I love, regardless of what happens, like the the wide receiver can completely drop the ball
0: and, and we and, give him the no yeah, no nope, nope, not, not, not in not my, my house. house yeah no no,
1: no fly zone that's right yeah you know hit him with a Dikembe Mutombo finger wag like you said. it's so
0: stupid and frustrating I, I and it's don't one thing understand. if you're it's one thing if you're good, but I mean, my God, you are just giving up oodles of yards, oodles. I don't even know if that's a word. Well, I but mean, it's, you're giving up yardage in chunks, and you're going to finger-wag. Get yeah. out of here with that bull crap.
1: At least if you finger-wag. You're two wag, and four. The, the ball hit the ground. Marco Wilson has not been able to finger-wag anybody this year because I think there's a 100% completion rate versus Marco this year. So God you go from Wilson being here. a potential all-SEC corner, and uh, you just keep getting moss, keep getting plays made over you. and
0: But, I mean, at least Florida, like, I mean, they're you know they're good. I mean – you know it's in there. Like, with Florida State, you, you, don't, see know these that guys you don't know ball that it's in out. there. Yeah. We don't have, like, players. And I just don't – when Jamie Rogers got to Swanee, and I, and I kind of type back, when when he got to Swanee and saw what we had at the time, we were really bad. We were coming off a 1-9 season. Mm-hmm. In spring practice – and, again, I know these guys didn't get a spring – we didn't install all these exotic things. You know what he did? He taught them how to tackle again. Like, legit, we went back to, like, basics of – Here's where we put our head. Here's where here's how you tackle. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking Florida State needs to go do that. Just like forget everything else. Don't throw anything exotic. Let's just go like to a base look. Base. Just whatever our base defense is where you don't have to think and just see what happens. Because whatever we're doing, it ain't working. working. It ain't working even a little bit. And so what's gonna happen? And it's like, you know, throughout this whole year. I've been very big, you know, hey, it's not the coaches. It's, and I still feel that way a lot. But Adam Fuller is probably going to start catching some heat, and that's I'm not sure coach. it's undeserved. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm the one not. coach
1: you're looking at saying, hey, well, what, say what are you that, doing?
0: and I say that because of this. So, like, coaches know coaches, meaning the coaching community, I've talked about how it's small. They know who good coaches are. Mm-hmm. And so every year there are clinics in the off season. There's Nike clinics. There's FACA clinics. There's all these clinics that our coaches can go to. And when Willie Taggart was the head coach – Some of our coaches from Swanee went, and they were like, dude, this guy, they came back, and they're like, man, this guy's kind of a joke. Like, he's up there speaking. His assistants are off on the side talking, and you can't hardly hear him. They're like, this is kind of just a a crap show. Well, when Mike Norvell came in and they went to those same clinics, they came back and said, dude, this dude is buttoned up. Like, he's going to get this thing right. And I think that's the general feeling around the program, is that Mike Norvell is going to get it pointed in the (laughs) right direction. Adam Fuller was not his first choice. His first choice for DC was Dan Lanning from Georgia. Mm-hmm. But didn't get him. And I mean, why if you're Dan Lanning, why would I why leave, would you Georgia? leave Georgia? Yeah. I'm not blaming him. Yeah. But Adam Fuller was his defensive coordinator at Memphis and I mean, seems like a nice guy and I know this is a knowledgeable staff. You you can see that. You can tell when you hear them, you can tell they have an idea about what they're doing. But man, this is just I don't know what the disconnect is, but I'm telling you, learn how to tackle base defense. Base, see what happens. I don't know what else to do. Yeah, uh,
1: I think Florida State and Florida, I mean, you can you can relate a, b- a lot of these same problems to uh, our university as well to the Gators. I mean, there's no pressure up front. Of the defensive line it has been a massive We don't down. have a
0: defensive end in the house that can get in the quarterback. <laughs> there's
1: not one at the university. Yeah, I, I, I thought we had a couple guys, but uh, they've certainly so far have uh, proven me wrong. Uh, outside of Brenton Cox making a couple plays that first week of the year versus Ole Miss, it, it's been relatively quiet on the whole front of, of – you know getting any kind of pressure and i think that's a big part of why defensive backs can do what they do if if the quarterback hears footsteps if he's had pressure on him if he feels like he needs to get rid of the ball a half second earlier than what he really should that that ball might be a little bit low might be a little bit high and it, it can lead to big plays of you know simple incompletions or potential interceptions and everything like that so I think it all starts up front for both of our universities, and until they figure out a way to generate some pressure, I think the rest of the unit behind it is going to struggle. Because if you give a quarterback confidence, I mean, Kellen Maughan, we, we've heard for years how good he's supposed to yeah. be, and I mean, it's almost like the Sam Ellinger thing, like quit telling me he's good, yeah, show he's not, me he's yeah. good, he's not good, yeah, so Kellan was very good versus Florida, because he had confidence, he, he knew he could wait in that pocket, he knew he had time to let the route tree develop, and find a guy open down the field, and more times than not, they came down with the ball and made a play. So I think it just starts up front where you got to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable in one way or another.
0: Yeah, and I just – I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And maybe we're underestimating how important the spring was, but I still feel like football's football, and players should still make plays. You know what I mean? And I get nobody stopping anybody. I get all that, mm -hmm. and I don't know why that is, and that's very odd and everything, and maybe it does – have to do with that lack of practice. I'm not sure. You would sure. think a
1: lack of spring ball would hurt offenses Offense and more. develop the continuity, and the defense would take control. But well, it, it has it, across every single uh, conference. It's just been a, you know offensive outbreak.
0: Yeah. Well, I know we've gone long today, but um, last night the Dodgers uh, finished off the Rays, won the World Series four games to two. Ooh. Did you, did you see kind of what happened though with Justin Turner? Yeah. With, with the COVID. Yeah, that so was Justin incredible. So Justin Turner, Dodgers third baseman, gets pulled in the eighth inning, and it turns out that he gets pulled because he tested positive for coronavirus, and the test, I guess, came through during the game. Like the positive How? came through. I mean, I we're,
1: we're Sewanee County. You go drive by to CVS, there's a sign outside that says well, they 15 said it was minute like, rapid They said test. it was
0: like a inconclusive test, which happens a lot. So they ran okay. it again. Manfred, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, asked him to run it again. They ran it again, and it pops positive. So they pull him in the 8th inning. They go on to win based off of a co- co- questionable coaching decision which yeah. I'll mention in a minute. Yeah. But so Justin Turner, and I don't blame him. So Justin Turner's been with the Dodgers a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a key cog in this whole oh, operation. Yeah. So he gets pulled They want to put him in isolation. Dodgers end up winning. My man's back on the field. Out there for celebration. And they said they went to get him. And his mask off. And they said they went to get him, and he was like, nope, not leaving. Mookie Mookie Betts was a big part of that, too, Said, hey, no. no, They've all been around him. I mean, so at this point, like, what's – I mean, you know, we've all been in this bubble together. Mm -hmm. But, like, I can go ahead and tell you. You think I'm going to win a World Series for the first time, and I'm not going to go celebrate with my teammates? You can kiss my you know what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: You face- just have to take me to jail. Yeah, F- FaceTime me whenever you get out there, Kershaw, because I'm, yeah. I'm sitting in isolation. Yeah, yeah. bull
0: crap. I'm yeah. going to be out there.
1: I think what it would have been even better, just visually, would have been like if they actually had a true bubble to put him in to <laughs> take him awesome. off the field. Like, hey, awesome. Justin, you're positive. Get in this bubble and just push your way off yeah. the field.
0: And so you know, we talked some about um, baseball a little bit, but. We're going to talk more, obviously, as we get into January and February. But so Kevin Cash, former Florida State Seminole, by the way, Blake Snell is just throwing a gem. I mean, he's in the sixth inning, he's given up one hit, he gives up a, a single to the number nine yeah. hitter Austin Barnes, and I don't know if it's because the analytics say so, and and the Rays have rode analytics to this point yeah. now they're in the World Series. But Kevin Cash comes and pulls him at 73 pitches, one out in the sixth inning when my man is just absolutely dealing. And it ends up biting him because they give up two runs in that inning. Nick Anderson comes in yep. gives up two, and you go on to lose the game. And I don't know, man. Like, I get the analytics piece of it, and I actually watched Moneyball the other night, mm-hmm. which is stupid, too. We'll come back to Snell. But Moneyball, it's a good movie, but it fails to mention the names Hudson, Mulder, and Zito were like the big three pitchers for yep. Oakland who they developed. Their pretty, names don't even get guys. mentioned. yeah. Eric Chavez, we don't mention his yeah. name. But yeah. we talk a lot about Scott Hatterberg yeah. and yeah. Chad Bradford. It's very <laughs> weird. But anyway... So, Snell gets pulled. He's ticked. I don't blame him um, because, you know, a pitcher in that situation, man, you're dealing. You feel like you're on top of your game. And, I mean, you know, gone are the days I get when Jack Morris and John Smoltz go toe-to-toe into the 10th inning against each other. Those days don't exist anymore. But, I mean, this but was – 73 pitches through six and a si- third? In the, in the six. It just made – it's like you had – it's analytics over any type of feel for the game. Any,
1: any gut feeling, yeah. I
0: mean, you got to have a little bit of feel, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I, the analytics say, you know, that third time through the lineup, you're more likely to get dinged more so than going through the first but, time. But he had struck out nine of the 18 batters and only and, had given and, up a hit to the, the, the ninth hole guy. The
0: guys coming up, Betts, Seeger, and Turner, were 0 for 6 with six Ks. Uh, they had they hadn't made contact. They had in play, yeah. God bless America. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you've you seen pitchers get upset whenever a manager comes out to get them, uh, but even some of the other players. Like, Fox did a good job of showing some of the other players' reactions. They were like, oh, come on, I mean, man. the Dodgers
0: had to be thrilled. Cody yeah. Bellinger was yeah. like, after the game getting interviewed, laughing like, yeah, that was our plan to get him out in the sixth. Thank God it worked. Yeah, yeah. I mean- <laughs> you know,
1: like, if, 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 if you would have told me through six innings he's not going to have given up a hit, you know, he's going to have, what, nine strikeouts, um, and a manager's going to come out there to pull him, I would have been like, well, yeah, that's, that would have I mean, been Dave Roberts. Yeah, did, Dave Roberts would have walked out of the Dodgers and, and say, mean, "Hey, go sit down, Snell. You're, 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 you're dealing today." I don't but know, man. yeah, for Kevin Cash to come out there and pull him, you know, the Rays, they they made it this far doing the analytic thing and, and doing what they got
0: And I get it.
1: Yeah, I understand it more Small times market than I, team and they've
0: done a great job in To get Crash you through the season, manager.
1: keep your guys alive, keep their arms fresh, but you are in a win or go home situation. And your you're doing guy is stealing. dealing only seventy three pitches. Like you said, the guys coming up after that hadn't even put the ball in play this evening. you gotta leave your guy out there and then maybe in the seventh inning reassess the situation, but it, like you said, it instantly came back to bite them, and that's all she wrote, man. Baseball season's over. I thought they was going to a Game 7 just the way Snell was playing. Yeah,
0: and then for the Braves, you wonder what might have been because, I mean, you're up 3-1 to one on this team, and they go and win yeah, the World Series. That, yeah. it's like, But I do feel like now that I've had a little bit of time to sit back, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I guess we can come back here in three years. I think in the next three years, I think the Braves will get one. I think they'll win a World Series within the next three years. They got to go get a pitcher. Um, you know they got freed. Soroka will be back. They need a number one, it's a young a true nucleus, number one yeah. guy. Yeah. They need a true number one guy. The offense is going to be good yeah. with what they have, and so we'll see. But um, I know we've gone really long today, and so we get into um, our interview now. Aaron McAllister, former Swanney High School Bulldog class of 2016, man, just such a, as I'm sure many of you remember, just an absolutely outstanding football player. But better than that, man, just a great kid. Um, oh yeah, big time. Great man now, and in his fifth year, fifth year senior there at. UNC Charlotte, uh, the 49ers plays in Conference USA. Has had a couple of really big games their last two times out, and so um, let's get into our interview with Amac. Welcome in this week's interview on the Sons of Swanee Sports Cast is with former Swanee High great and current UNC Charlotte 49er, Mr. Aaron McAllister. Aaron, (laughs) Amac McAllister.
2: Aaron, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just. Just living the dream right now, man. That's <laughs> Everything's right. Everything's going good.
0: And so we tried to get this interview done last week, and I'm kind of glad we didn't because you went out this week and had another great game for the 49ers and a big win. Um, I believe it was versus uh, North Texas, correct?
2: Uh, Yes. Uh, two weeks ago was North Texas. This U- past weekend
0: was UTEP. UTEP this past weekend. Okay. I knew yeah. it was a Texas team, but... um. So both of those games, though, I guess Texas is good to you because both of those games you brought, you came home with uh, two touchdowns, a lot of yards from scrimmage. So con- congratulations, number one. But just talk to us a little bit about how this season has gone for you uh, being a fifth-year senior there at UNC Charlotte.
2: Um, to be honest, the season has been pretty rough. Um, with, uh, you know, the circumstances of the COVID and a bunch of teams have been uh, canceling a lot of games this season uh we also canceled a game uh unc chapel hill um after we played the fau game which was you know just kind of set us back a little bit and then we had to cancel another game which was the georgia state game after that so it, it, it's been pretty rough but i mean obviously the games we've played you know i've been very productive Um taking those taking those weeks off you know it really helps to get in the training room uh, get some extra film, you know. Trying to figure out if we're going to play, which is the hard thing. But you know, getting some extra film, getting the training room, you know, working a lot of my craft. So uh, it's it's been pretty rough, but the games we've played, I mean, I've been very productive.
0: Yeah, you certainly have. And so so far, just we pulled up your statistics, and so far this year, 30 rushing attempts, 252 yards, an average of eight yards per carry, which is awesome. Uh, three touchdowns on the ground. Um, I believe another touchdown through the air a long 71 yarder i think it was through the air and then yes. a 97 yard kickoff return and so kind of i guess it's kind of like it was when you were here at Swanny. you were kind of known as a do-it-all guy running catching and returning kicks and so it's just kind of more of the same i guess
2: yeah it does it does feel like the same uh I mean, I, I think about it all the time, man. I, I actually go back and watch my uh, watch my highlights from high school, <laughs> try to try to uh, help me out a little bit, you know, so I can remember where I came from and who I'm doing it for. So it, it really feels like I'm, you know, back in school, uh, back in high school, and uh, it just feels really good, you know, being out, being out there and, I mean, just, just being me, you know, just playing football. Um, obviously, in, in high school, it's a bit different, a um, bit different, um, you know, uh, uh, competition in high school. But now, you know, it's like, I mean, hey, just got to play A-Mac ball, man. Just play Suanity football (laughs) out there in college. So, it's pretty close.
1: Aaron, you talked a little bit about how some of these games have been canceled and the preparation that goes into it, not knowing if you're going to play or not. Uh, Just, I guess, expand a little bit more about that. Like, what goes into your mindset knowing, like, okay, we're going to prepare for this opponent and then just not have that game be played. What is that like?
2: I mean, I mean, we have what the thing is we practice for a whole week and usually they cancel the game. We don't find out until that Friday, um, Friday morning. So it's kind of tough, you know, to to be able to, you know, go out and practice. And guys, it's like, oh, man, I don't know if we are going to play this week. Like, but I mean, we still have to grind no matter what. I mean, even if we don't play for the next three weeks, like. I mean, as a man, you know, as a football player, you you, you want to continue to grind in the classroom, especially in the classroom, since you have that much time. And, uh, obviously in the, on the field and in the training room, uh, just keeping your legs up under you, uh, getting some extra time in the, uh, in the training room. Like I said, uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's kind of hard, uh, but like I said, a bunch of guys, um, you know, a bunch of guys' mindsets are like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, you know. But, I mean, like I said, as a man, I mean, you just want to keep working and
0: grinding. Aaron, one of the things I was curious about, and I've kind of always wondered is, you know, you had here at Swanee, you were with Coach Rogers and Coach Jacobson, um, I believe all four years of your career. And so how does that coaching in high school compare to what you got at the collegiate level, meaning – you know, obviously you guys had a ton of success while you were here at Swanee, And so would you say because of that and the coaching you received in high school, was it a ton of difference when you got to college? Or was it like, okay, I've been coached really hard in high school, so now it prepared you more for the collegiate level? Or is it just kind of two comparing apples to oranges?
2: Well, I would say the coaching staff that I have now is, is like how it was in high school. Um, Whenever I first got to Charlotte, we had a different coaching staff, which were a bunch of you know older, older men. So they really didn't let us have as much fun, you know, like we did in high school. But now we have a new coaching staff, Coach Healy, and all the younger guys, which you know let us have a a lot of fun, like how we used to be in uh, when we were in high school. So the coaching staff I have now, yes, they're they're just like high school coaches. The high school coaches I've had, uh, you know, they let us have fun. Uh, they let us celebrate, you know, they, they let us, you know, fight our practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> right. It's usually going to happen. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'll say, uh, it was great having coach Rodgers and coach Jacobs and, you know, all those guys, coach Bonds and, uh, coach Jackson. Like, it was great to have those guys cause they prepared me for the, you know, for this moment being in college, uh, Like I said, the coaches we have now, I mean, they're they're just the same. I mean, they're always on you, but at the same time, you know, they're just coaching and we're going to have fun regardless. And uh, it actually shows up on game day. So, like, yeah, it's about the same.
0: Well, one of the things I was curious about, because when I first started at the high school, sometimes I'd get confused for a student. Like, not anymore, but, you know, I got a lot more gray hair now. (laughs) But when I watch you guys on TV and I see Coach Healy – I'm like, man, this dude looks like he's like 17 years old. And so when he first came in, he, was it like, really, this is, this is the guy?
1: <laughs> yes. He's got a baby face, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man, it just cracks me up when I see him. I'm like, man, this dude doesn't look like he should be coaching college football. But, I mean, he seems to be a heck of a coach. I think you guys went to your first bowl game uh, last year the year before, and now you're off to a good start again this year. So he must have something going for him.
2: Oh yeah, like I said, we have a uh, young coaching style. So I mean, we, we just we just love to have fun, and I don't know if you guys seen, but club lit after we win a game. Yeah, man, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that was actually
1: gonna be my <laughs> next question for you, Aaron. The,
2: the uh, DJ in there, you know, the speakers blasting, it's it's crazy. Water splashing everywhere. He takes his shirt off. He's wearing <laughs> a. <laughs> He's wearing the
1: mascot head. Like it's crazy, man. So it, crazy. is each one of those experiences like a, its own unique thing? Like, w- just take us inside that locker room. Like, I'm sure y'all boys are like, you know, of course you want the win, regardless, but that just has to motivate you even more to just go ahead and get in that locker room and get to celebrating. Yes,
2: and uh, that's the thing. He he want us to he want us to enjoy winning. Like after you put the work in throughout the week. And you get, the, you get the results Saturday by winning the game and just go in and have fun, man. Just just celebrate what you have done, all the work you put in, and getting the victory on Saturday. And that's what Club Lit is all about.
0: That's awesome. And, A-Mac, kind of um, – I know, you know you're a fifth-year senior now, which is crazy to me that you've been gone from high school for five years. But you're a fifth-year senior, but you also, because of COVID and the NCAA's ruling, you have the option to come back next year and not have this year – of eligibility count so have you given any thought to that about what your future plans are um as far as football goes or as far as school goes
2: um yes i've i've been thinking about that i mean uh like i said the, we've been having a bunch of games canceled so uh, with this year not being you know count towards our eligibility my thought process was to uh, come back for another year um, and then just start another undergrad because I graduate in December. And awesome. uh, just, you know, just stack more film on top of film. Yeah. Unless if I get invited to a senior bowl, then go to the senior bowl and I'll just get prepared for the draft. I got you. Depending on, like like I said, it's just depending on how the, se- like, uh, how the season goes. If we keep getting uh, games canceled, and that you know, that's less film that I'm, you know, putting down on the table. So. It just depends. But it'll be a last-minute decision,
1: to be honest. Uh, the, the film you're putting up so far, Aaron, it has been quite impressive. And I think, just as someone who's never played football a day of my life outside of when they had flags attached to your waist, uh, when the whole hit <laughs> yes. got involved, I, my man, I was out. Now, the, I think the most exciting thing about football is returning a kickoff for a touchdown. You've done that plenty in your career. You have one this year. Um, I guess I'm thinking of like the old Nike commercial, like the Michael Vick experience, like where they would strap you in, like, and they would take you through and all that. So I guess <laughs> provide us an Aaron McAllister experience of what it's like to return a kick. What do you see? Just what, what is that adrenaline rush? Like just running it back, knowing 11 dudes are just coming downhill to just take your head off. Basically.
2: I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, it's crazy because, uh, my red shirt freshman year, we played K state at K state, which is my first time ever playing college football. Um, I had a 79-yard kickoff return, but I got hit out of bounds. And uh, I put us down to the 10. But, uh, I mean, I was I was mad at that for years, man. I was <laughs> like, oh, man, I, I wish I would have had that. I mean, God, I'm I'm not this big, you know, big college, K-State, K man. I, I, I need to have that, man. But uh, I never got the opportunity to take one back. So, you know, this year I'm like, man, I got to get at least three of them. So <laughs> I mean, exactly yeah I I gotta, right. get at least three of them. I gotta break the record I got to break more records at this school before I leave so um it was a big time in the game they had just scored and coach Healy always say let's answer a score with the score so they had just scored and it was just time to be a playmaker that's all it was I mean kind of kind of got uh held up for a little bit then somehow broke out to the outside and it was just one on one, me and the kicker, and I and no one is going to tackle me one on one, especially not the kicker. Yeah, you, you so can't come like, back to
1: the sideline after the <laughs> kicker gets you.
2: <laughs> exactly, I would <laughs> I probably would have cried if I would have got tackled by the kicker. Man. But yeah, it was just me one on one, me and the kicker, and I just made a I made a big time play, he got us back in the game, twenty one twenty. But um, that that's all that was. I mean, I didn't get as much uh, carries that game. I got two carries that game. So I just had to do what
0: I could on something else, on another unit. Well, hey, Mac, you're having a great year, man. You've had a great career, and I know I speak for a lot of us um, from Suwannee County when I tell you we are so very proud of you and just the man you are and how you represent yourself and your community. And um, keep doing it, man. And, you know, we'd love to see you back in Live Oak whenever you get the chance, but keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully if you do get that sixth year, we'll be able to get up there and check out a UNC Charlotte game
2: yes sir i will really appreciate it man i need i need some i need some swanee spirit over here <laughs> that's <laughs> I right
0: need it. that's right buddy well thanks again Mac, for joining us and um we'll talk to you soon buddy all right thank you guys thank you aaron
1: thank you aaron for joining us and spending some time talking about just what this year has been like for him uh... found it pretty interesting that he talked about his process and what his mindset is going into the remainder of this year to say you know hey i i haven't had a chance to put as much film on tape as i would like the tape i do have this year is very good don't get me wrong but i need to put more of this together for for consistency's sake so he's hoping to maybe get a a bid to the senior bowl which is held down in uh, Alabama every year after the season's done with. So he said outside of that, he might look to come back and just continue to get more tape and do another undergrad program. But, uh, man, look at us. Suns of Swanee kind of breaking a little bit of news there. With That's that. right.
0: Yeah, man, so proud of Amac and just, like I said, the man he is. And um, be proud of him for whatever he does. And I hope he gets a shot in the NFL because he's just the type of guy, he's just a football player, man. Oh, yeah. And, you yeah. know, you, you feel like he's going to find success wherever he goes. But – I I selfishly hope he gets to come back for that sixth year and we get a chance to go up and see him play. Had made plans to go up this year on Labor Day weekend. They were supposed to open the season at Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and so we had made plans to go up and watch him. Um, But obviously that game got canceled, and SEC went to conference only and everything. And so didn't get a chance to get up there, but just, um, man, just a great ambassador for Suwannee County and just does everything the right way, goes about his business the right way and um, certainly enjoyed hearing from him and talking to him.
1: Yeah, whenever I got back to Swanee, that was actually the year he left. Um, So, you know, I didn't have any crossover with him really much of anything uh, because I didn't come on board until after Christmas break was over. So, of course, no football or anything like that at that point in time. But certainly have heard nothing but great things about him. The highlights you've seen, it's just incredible. Uh, So that speaks for itself, but I mean, more than anything, he—he's a great kid. Like you talked about, uh, you know, got a great mindset. Uh, Like he said, even in the interview, you know, you got to go out there and prepare week to week, and hopefully, you get a chance to play on Saturday. But more than anything, you got to stay on your grind in the classroom. Yeah, and I thought that that resonated pretty well.
0: Well, when he left, he had written a letter, um, and he wrote a letter to like the staff at Swanee High School that was posted up in the teachers' lounge just same thing, encouraging kids, listen to your coaches, listen to your teachers. And he's always been like that. He was a guy you never had to worry about. You know what I mean? He just the the great thing when you have great teams, it's when your best players are your best kids. Yeah. And so for sure. that group was like that. Aaron, Steven Anderson, Denzel Washington, Kari Blaylock, Tristan Hill, Steven Potter, those were your top players and they were also your mm-hmm. best kids. Mm-hmm. They were your hardest workers. And so when you have that, that's when you have a chance to have something really special. And so um, I'm glad to hear, man. He's going to get his degree in December, which is awesome. And I hope we uh, hope we get to see a little bit more of him. And we'll have to post some club lit highlights yeah. to our Facebook page yeah, or Twitter let, let, page. Let, let
1: the people know what that's about, because, man, it, like like Aaron talked about, it is a it is a fun time. That's Shirt right. shirtless coaches with mascots heads on.
0: I mean, come on,
1: who who, who, who not who want now? that? Yeah.
0: And so, as we said, next week we're going to get into the Baker County um, contest, the football contest next week. Also opening up some – soccer tryouts, basketball tryouts. Yeah. Wrestling wrestling conditions going on right now. Actually,
1: I was on my way to the district office earlier today and ran into coach Justin Bruce for the uh, SHS baseball team. And he said, uh, this might be his most complete group he's put together so far during his time at Swanee. And these, these teams that he's had since he's been here at Swanee have been very talented. So for him to say that, that certainly raised my eyebrows and said, okay, let's get it coach. So, uh, he agreed to be on the podcast a little bit later on whenever it's a little bit closer to baseball season, but certainly good to see him and, uh, Great to hear that uh, his team's looking good. But, yeah, uh, winter sports are right around the corner. Yeah, so hopefully
0: we'll have some rosters for you guys next week, and we'll have some conversations with uh, basketball coaches Malcolm Pollock and Kevin Lewis. And um, the soccer folks are getting going as well, the boys out there with uh, Coach Chris Joyner and the girls, I believe still Coach Sarah Grillo. And so hopefully we can talk to some of those folks later. But – Again, thank you for joining us this week and Jeff Lee, man. God, you know what? Sorry, man. We Yeah,
1: wow, we gotta get to him. Yeah. Man, yeah. Jeff
0: Lee, we ran out of time, but we'll catch you next week. Yeah, next
1: next week for sure, buddy. T- tune in next week, hear more from Jeff Lee. That's right. Thanks for joining us and Go Dogs. Go Dogs.